you know, it's not good to have rules. But it, it's it's hard because I think, you know, my 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 journey has been quite crisscrossing and, and windy and there's been no there hasn't been a kind of um set path. And sometimes now when it's you know, people say, you know, should I go and study interior design school or should I do this? It's like I don't I don't really know because I think that my route in was so was so sort of meandering. I think, you know, you have to find the people that speak to you and like try and get experience from them. And, and I, that's what I try to do, you know, but I think it's about finding those people that really speak to you is also a good, a good way in at the beginning. Hi, I'm Dan Rubenstein, and this is The Grand Tourist. I've been a design journalist for nearly 20 years, and this is my personalized guided tour to the worlds of fashion, art, architecture, food, and travel, all the elements of a well-lived life. Before we get to my guest today, a quick programming note. This is the last episode of season five, but we'll be back in January with new episodes and a few surprises as well. A million thanks to everyone who made the season possible, including all of our listeners. So don't forget to go online and sign up with your email for updates at thegrandtourist.net and follow The Grand Tourist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you've been an observer of fashion, interiors, or design in any way for the past few years, you're probably very familiar with my guest today. Barely in his 30s, both his work and his personal sense of style have come to help define the neo-traditionalist times we're in. British illustrator and creative wonderkind, Luke Edward Hall. Through his art and creative direction, he combines color, culture, and nostalgia in everything from hotels and sweaters to tabletop and fabrics. Take a bit of English country chic, add some historical references to the Bloomsbury Group, add a dash more romance, some retro nods to David Hicks, the romantic soul of nearly every merchant ivory film ever. Put it all in a blender, and you've arrived at the world of Luke Edward Hall. Luke studied fashion before briefly working in interiors, and in 2015, he turned his irreverent sketches into a career when he opened up his own studio, flourishing in the age of Instagram, where life, work, and art tend to blend together. Today, he sells his artwork through a gallery in Paris, has his own fashion brand called Chateau Orlando, writes a column for the Financial Times, and collaborates with everyone from Burberry to the English National Opera and the V&A Museum in London. Oh, and he has a few books to his name already, and he even designed a hotel in Paris. One of his latest projects is a personal favorite, a line of home fragrances with legendary ceramics company Genori 1735. Called Profumi Lucchino, The candles are inspired by the scents of Luke's favorite locales like Venice and Big Sur. More on that later. I caught up with the young impresario from his home in the English countryside to chat about his childhood spent making zines, what he learned from his time working in interiors, and what makes the rising star truly happy. I kind of wanted to go back to to the beginning where I don't know you as well from. You're originally from from Basingstoke and from Basingstoke, South. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basingstoke. Excuse me. Uh, what was that like? What was a young Luke Edward Hall like as a kid in Basingstoke? Um, well, I grew up so. So Basingstoke is um when I I mean when I say that to people sometimes it gets a funny reaction because it's um it's kind of a classic English um suburban town. It's sort of the most average town you can think of. Um. But actually, I mean, I had a great time. I mean, also, you know, when you're growing up, you just, you know, you 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 sort of don't think think too much. I think about your kind of, um, you know, it's just where you are. And um, and I had such a great group of friends, and and I and I loved school. Actually, you know, I really loved my time there. But I think at, at some point, I realised that there was a kind of bigger world out there. And I suppose my sort of my first kind of uh, sort of way into that was 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 through magazines, really. You know, going to my 
local news agent and buying mostly kind of fashion magazines, I'd say, but culture, you know, things like Days and Confused and ID and all those kinds of magazines that were out. And um, and then I kind of realized, well, I, I learned about St. Martin's, um, the art school through through magazines. And, and um, I, I kind of set my heart on going there and moving to London. And what is were your parents in the creative world, or what were what did what did they do, or what do they do? Uh, no, they're not at all. They, they are um, my my mom is a housewife. She's always kind of um looked after you know my my brothers. I'm I'm the eldest, um, so looking after my brothers and sister. My dad works in telecommunications, like super normal, two point five children, um, Labradors, um, and <laughs> you know, uh, sort of cul-de-sac house, um, so you know, super super. Um, super uh, normal if 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 I can if you can call anything normal but um but yeah but then I think you know that but they're, they're always super super supportive of me and my siblings and kind of you know which is which is such a lovely thing to have you know they were always really keen for us just to do what made us happy um and then you know like I said I had this sort of really fun creative group of friends um so we kind of invented our, within this kind of like suburban normal uh kind of town we kind of created our own little kind of fantasy world i guess through through you know making this magazine through through music and and magazines and clothes you know um in preparation really for then for then i suppose moving moving to london did your parents approve of that they did i mean i had i had i have such a supportive great family that were always i mean i've got two brothers and a sister and they were always to us kind of like look you can do what do what you like really um they weren't pushy at all um and i you know i always had quite a sort of i mean i always knew that i wanted to work in art and design and then i learned about st martin's and i was always i was always I've always been quite sort of um I was always making things as a child you know and then and then when I was a teenager I made my own little sort of fanzine magazine that my friends would contribute to and my dad What was it called? It was called Kate and it was kind of a mix of like sort of um it was sort of a mix of uh like fashion advice um fake diary entries um like notes on what we thought was cool I mean I was this was when I was sort of 15 16 um mm-hmm. and i you know my friends would contribute little articles and we'd do little like shoots and then my dad would photocopy it at work and i'd give it out um and then i i did that start selling it when i moved to london as well but yeah so i sort of you know it's quite you know i guess you have the same thing in america as well so you know that kind of suburban environment i think does breed a kind of like it does kind of breed this kind of like it's a, it's a well-known kind of trope i think the kind of small town boy thing mm-hmm. of like growing up in a small town and then discovering yourself discovering your like weird group of friends um and then kind of moving to the big city i mean it's a well-known story but i think i definitely i definitely had that and then moved to london when i was 18 wow and how many how many issues of cake did you wind up doing by the time you were in school i probably did about eight i did i did um i did I did two or three a year and I, so I did it for a few years. Um, yeah, but I sort of, I guess it was kind of, um, sixth form. So that was, you know, uh, end of high school and then two years, um, at college. And then, um, so during that time, and then when I moved to London, I kind of wrapped it up probably when I was, um, starting at St. Martin's when I was 18. And when you, so you went to London and you studied at Central St. Martin's and I think you, you did sort of communications first, then you switched to menswear. Is that right? Yeah. And then like, what was your, what was in your head? Like, you know, as you know, who were your heroes back then? And what was your kind of, uh, were you kind of like, I'm going to be the next 
blank like at the time well i it's it's really um funny looking back because i think i was you know when you're that age as well you're kind of like not quite sure you know i knew that i would end up doing art and design of one kind but i was i was kind of not sure where or how i would fit into it and i i started on the on the fashion communication degree at st martin's which is quite a niche one but i it was kind of like what you'd do if maybe you wanting to be a stylist or 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 a magazine to work in magazines really and that's kind of what i thought i would do i was i was quite obsessed with magazines um back then and i started on it and i was interning i interned for a while with um with nicola formichetti i don't know if you've heard it he's like a stylist um he did he um, went on to do all of lady gaga stuff but back then he was creative director or fashion director of dazed and i worked with him when i first moved to london um, so he was kind of like, a, I guess, one of my early kind of heroes and a, a kind of um, someone that I, I loved working with. Quite radical, like mm. edgy. Yeah, it was really fun. Very edgy. It was, um, it was really, really fun working on working on fashion shoots, basically. That's what I was doing. And then I started on this degree. And then I kind of quickly realized, that actually, maybe I wanted to do design. I wanted to kind of, um, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't, there wasn't enough like tangible kind of um, making, I suppose. So mm. I... Um, I switched to menswear and I had a little pause where I went to intern with Jonathan Anderson um, when he had just, he had just started JW Anderson. Um, so it was just menswear and it was a really small little team. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I went to work for him and that's where I met Duncan actually. Oh, right. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so that your future husband. My future husband. Uh, mm. How did you meet? How, where did you, you meet him? You met him at the at that studio, or well, we have we have a sort of funny story where basically I was I was interning picture the scene. I was interning for J W Anderson. I had sort of bleach blonde hair and you know was wearing like necklaces made of pasta shells and hand painted clothes, and um and I was I was interning for for Jonathan and Duncan had been street cast to be a model in the show, um which he thought was like the coolest thing that ever happened to him. He was probably like 22 or something. And yeah, so he came to the studio and we kind of like locked eyes over, you know, rows of sewing machines and stuff. And then um and then yeah, and then we 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 kind of didn't really speak, but then we ended up talking at the party after the show and and then we kind of um started talking on Facebook, you know, back when Facebook was oh, was a thing, and um, and then eventually you're dating yourself there. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I mean, it was. I mean, also, I mean, that was God. I mean, I'm 32, so that was um, you know, we've been together for 14 years, which is bonkers. So, so yeah, so that's how we met, and then um, and then yeah. So anyway, back to what I was saying was, I was at Jonathan, and then I started the menswear degree, um, and did three years of that, and then uh, after that, you know, you you kind of eventually sort of transitioned to to interiors and um you went you were you worked for ben pentreath where yeah how long are you there so i was i mean i'd always you know people sort of sometimes say you know isn't that is it sort of strange how did you kind of transition into but it was it was very sort of sort of organic in the sense that i i always um was interested in 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 fashion but also design and and old houses and antiques i mean i grew up working on on Sundays I worked in a national trust house um in the in the, in the restaurant in the cafe where all of my friends work okay. so I and which I, one it's called the vine sort of big red brick okay. Tudor Tudor thing in Hampshire and loved it and you know it was kind of that kind of sparked my interest I think in old houses and then when I was at St Martin's I was also selling antiques so Duncan and I and our best friend we had a we had a website where we would sell antiques so I was always sort of interested in, in that kind of side of things too. And then when I left St. Martin, I, I interned for a while with a clothing company, but then I, I met Ben through the website where we were selling antiques and he was looking for someone to come and join his team to work in the interiors. 
side of his business. And so, and I just sort of jumped at it because I really loved his style and what he was doing and all of the color. And um, I, I, um, I sort of, that's, that's what happened. And, you know, it's funny because his, you know, you know, looking at his work and your work, like there's definitely, you know, he's sort of half classical architecture. His interiors have a bit of 60s and 70s inspiration. You know, what did you learn there working for like a, you know, uh, a highly respected, you know, architecture and interiors business like that, um, you know, in terms of like making, but like on another level? Well, I think I just, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I, I had a bit of an interest in interiors and antiques, but not, I didn't really know very much. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I had a, I, I just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the world that I, I, I had come from. I, I had done fashion. I'd sort of been working in, in that, on that kind of, those kinds of projects. Um, and that was my degree. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know a lot. Um, and then when I met Ben, I, it kind of, it sort of opened up this whole world of, um, of of interiors but also what i loved about what about him was was this kind of mix as you say of the kind of classical english taste but with a kind of 60s 70s um approach to mixing patterns and and colors and through him i learned about people like david hicks and um and john fowler and so he really opened up this whole world to me um and then when i started working for him i you know, I learned so much. I mean, I worked for him for two years and I, I not only did I learn about all of these kind of interesting people from the past, but I also learned all of the practical stuff about, you know, how to make a pair of curtains. And um, obviously, because he's an architect, you know, primarily architectural designer, I learned, I sort of also learned bits, you know, I, through osmosis about architecture. Um, and, but mostly, yeah, a lot of practical stuff about putting interiors together, which is something I'd never really done before. Um, it was all completely new to me. I mean, this was, you know, I was still only um, 22, 23 at this stage. So it was all, um, it was all sort of brand new. And I, re- I, I soaked it all up and, and loved it. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I, I worked from him for like 2013 until 2015. And, you know, at a, at a certain point, I think you struck out on your own around like, you know, 2016, I'm curious, like, when did, you know, this design and, and working in interiors, like, when did your illustrations and your artwork kind of, like, begin in that, in the way that we would recognize it now? Like, how did it sort of, like, were you just doing that on the side as a, you know, creatively? Were you always doing it or did you kind of restart it? I was always drawing. I was always drawing, but I think basically, I think, I think a lot of the drawings came from when I was at St. Martin's because the whole kind of degree that I was doing, the menswear degree was mostly drawing. You know, it was a lot of drawing clothes on people. Um, And so that's kind of where those kinds of drawings came from originally. And I I think I was working for Ben and I, and I, I did start drawing again. I mean, I I was, I I always draw, but I think I kind of started again, really focusing on, on, on illustration. And also I started experimenting with, with making things when I was working for Ben as well. So I started experimenting with printing some fabrics and making some cushions and, you know, working more on my drawings and kind of just, you know, I mean, I've always like had this thing of, I think weirdly, like I, I'm quite a sort of shy, shy person. I'm quite reserved, but I've always been really happy to like put my work out there. Like I've, I've always loved making things like back to when I was doing my magazine when I was 15, 16, I've always loved like making things, um, showing them to people, getting them out as well, kind of making a product to sell. I've always been really fascinated by that. Um, so I was doing this, you know, when I was working for Ben and then eventually 
I thanks to Instagram really I mean you know I started putting work out there um, and eventually I kind of I kind of got enough I got a, I got an, enough commissions that I could set my own little thing up and um, what was your first big commission my first big commission well the, the, the you know I had to basically wait until I could could manage it you know I mean it, it didn't happen overnight it was um I had to wait until I could basically have enough money to to live so um my first big commission the one that was like okay right I could I could maybe set up now was doing um was doing lots of drawings for um for a hotel called the Parker in Palm Springs. Is that Jonathan Adler? He did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they basically got in touch and said, "Look, we 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 need about 50, 60, 70 drawings." Um wow. which they used for for a lot of stuff. They used them for, to make a little book that you get as a guest when you arrive. Um they used them for the website and for for menus and and things like that. And that was um that was a really fun project and it was kind of the one that I could I remember getting an email about it when I was on holiday and it was so exciting because it was my first kind of, you know, it was my, my first chunky commission. Um, and yeah, it meant that I could sort of like set up and and, and work on my own. Um, but it was still a really scary, scary decision because I was leaving, you know, a, a full-time job and I, you know, just because you get one commission doesn't mean that, you know, necessarily you'll, you'll get more. <laughs> uh, so it was definitely um kind of a scary time, but I, but I, but I, um, yeah, I did it. I did it and set up and started working. And then soon afterwards, I, I started working with Burberry. And that was kind of my first, like, that was the big, the big job. Before we return to Luke Edward Hall, a word from our sponsor, Gloucester. At Gloucester, they open the doors to beautiful exteriors by taking the long view and using the very best materials and techniques available. Gloucester's aim is to deliver impeccable furniture and countless special outdoor moments. Renowned for their use of fine teak, contemporary materials, and award-winning designs, the same passion, pride, and conviction that launched the Gloucester brand in 1970 continues to fuel the business. Today, trade studios and premium retail partners represent the brand and support their clients wherever they're found. And Gloucester's trade studios are in the heart of internationally recognized design districts, New York, LA, Chicago, and the Dakota, Florida. And the brand also collaborates with the very best retail names throughout the country. Explore the Gloucester brand online, find your nearest Gloucester vendor, view products, sign up for the newsletter, and use a 3D planner to dream up your perfect outdoor space at Gloucester.com. Or follow at Gloucester Furniture on Instagram or Pinterest for regular updates and stunning imagery from their latest collections. Gloucester Furniture, wherever you find them, you won't be disappointed. And today you're you're not living in London directly, or, or am I talking to you in London, or are you out in the country? No, I'm in the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, was that uh, like a pandemic move? Like, did that? How did that? Uh, were you always someone who wanted to get sort of get out of London? Yeah, I think I we I yes yes is the answer. I mean, I like I said, I grew up um I grew up in a town um like which wasn't in the country, but, but it was surrounded by amazing countryside. And, and like I say, I worked in the, in this national trust house, which was, which was sort of 15 minutes from, from my home, but was very much like, felt like it was in the countryside. And I grew up a lot going to Somerset and Devon, um, which is where my mum's family are from and um, my family have connections to. And I, I always like loved going, going and visiting these places and felt very much at home there and I think in London Duncan and I would often go away at weekends and get out of the city and I just 
I just really loved being in the country. And um, I think eventually we were sort of like, look, maybe we should try and find a cottage that we can go to on, on weekends because um, we were working working hard and we loved that idea. And then in 2019, we, we started the search properly and looked at, um, we I mean, what we really wanted was a kind of folly. Mm. So we tried to find, you know, we went to look at some gatehouses and kind of weird and wonderful buildings, but none of them quite worked. Um, and then, and then this house eventually popped up and we fell in love with it. Um, but luckily, this was all before the pandemic. So this is 2019. Yeah, you've timed it really well. <laughs> I know. I mean, thank God, because everyone wanted to move, um, obviously, of course. Um, and so, you know, when the pandemic hit, we kind of we kind of were here. Um, and then we basically just realized that we loved it so much and that we could make it work living here full time. So now we do pretty much live here full time. I mean, Duncan goes to work, goes to London a lot more because of her, um, because obviously he has a business with Charlotte, um, Charlotte Ray, and she's in London and, and um, they're quite focused in London. Um, but I have a, my studio is out here now. So I have a studio on a farm up the road and I just love it. I like, I, I try to avoid going to London as much as possible. I mean, I love London. <laughs> I mean, I think you can never, you know, I love, I love the, I love the city, but. Um, do you need the solace? Like, do you need to be kind of removed from you know, invitations to events and like noise and museums and like, do you need to kind of be to shut off that part? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we Duncan, I always say like, you know, I think because where we are, we're not, we, no, we're not in the country, country, like deep rustic country. I mean, I'd love to be soon, but um, where we are, you know, we're, in, we're, we're on the cost, uh, the uh, Gloucestershire, Oxfordshire border in the Cotswolds and there's lots going on around us, but where we actually live, um, feels very private there's there are no there are no buildings around us so you can kind of go for days if you don't leave you could kind of go for days without seeing anyone and i I really like that i just really like having the quiet and the peace to work to work in um and just like being surrounded by nature and kind of you know the way that you interact with nature is so different here because it's on a much bigger scale like in london you could kind of sometimes not even notice the seasons passing sometimes somehow um, i mean that's probably also my fault for not paying attention but i don't know i just i just feel i just feel really happy out here and then i lo- you know i love going to the city and i love seeing you know, we have obviously a lot of friends in london and i love going and seeing exhibitions and obviously doing all of that stuff but um it's just it's it's such a privilege you know it's really lucky to be able to have a bit of both um but yeah i mean i think eventually we'll end up i'd like to go and live on a cliff somewhere like really far away but but We'll see. <laughs> I guess that's cliffs are as far as where you as you can get in the UK. Is is a good cliff. Um, what uh, what is your like creative process like, or your sort of like your day to day when you're out there? Like now that you have a studio and a, I think you said like a, a kind of a cottage sort of studio set up. Like, do you wake up and do you you know do you just like to draw and just kind of spend time being creative? Like with doing so much that you. I'm curious because you do so much and you have so many different types of mediums that you work in. Um, you know, what is that day to day? Like, you know, I, I interviewed an architect, uh, Piero Lissoni for first season of the podcast. And he said, okay, every morning I, I have my coffee for an hour and no one is allowed to call me for one hour while I have my coffee. So what is your kind of like, your kind of classic day at the, the quote unquote, the office, like classic day. Um, I mean, I tend to kind of get up and have um, to get up and I, I kind of work here at home first thing in the morning. So I, and I, I'm kind of quite bad in that I tend to well, not bad, but I, I roll straight out of bed, like into, into work straight away. 
um, and start start emailing and, and, and answering things. And I'm kind of doing admin stuff here at home. Um, but then I stop and I have a bath. Um, we have really bad water pressure. There's like, you know, in the country, there's no water. So it takes about half an hour to run a bath. And um, yeah, and so I kind of have like a leisurely morning doing admin stuff, you know, whatever. And then we might walk our dog, our whippet. Um, we might take him out. We might take Merlin out um, for a walk around, walk around here, maybe go and get a coffee. Um, and then I'll, I, I, I often spend the afternoon in the studio um, working, which is so I, I take my old Jeep, my like 95 um, Jeep up to the farm, which is about 10 minutes away. And I have a studio in like a sort of outbuilding there. It's a guy who has a has a house and rents out his outbuildings um, to like creative people. And, and there's a nice little gang of people up there. So I so I tend to go and work there. But to be honest, every day is kind of, I mean, it's, it, I think a lot of people say this, but it's true. Every day is kind of different because I do work on a lot of different kinds of projects. Um, and sometimes I like working here at home. Like if I'm writing, I, you know, I write, I write a column. So I kind of like work writing at home. But then if I'm working on, paintings i i like messy jobs i go and do at the studio um and so it's it's kind of a mix and then you know i might have to go to london in the middle of the week so often i i kind of spend maybe a day or two in london every every, every usually every couple of weeks um but it's nice i it has I, i've got a nice rhythm going now and um do you, like how do you like to draw like do you draw like what you know do you use pen do you use do you like to paint like what is your you know, if you just had a leisurely day kind of just working, what's your what's your medium in that in that sense? Um, well, a mix. I mean, yesterday, you know, yesterday I had a day that was really nice where I just um, I was, you know, I've got an exhibition coming up and I was like, you know, I need to kind of just have a day of, of working on, on stuff for that. And I always feel a bit guilty about just painting and drawing because it's sort of so nice that it almost feels like it shouldn't be. I should have to do some other stuff. But um, but actually, I, I, I kind of turned off and was like, I'm just going to do that. And I put music on and I, I just painted and um it's kind of a mixture I mean I, I do I'm doing lots of stuff with uh, acrylic on canvas um but mostly it's kind of probably watercolor um and 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 oil pastel um and I I tend to try and work on old paper like I, I try and source kind of nice old paper or handmade handmade paper um so yeah so so, so yesterday for example was it was a really nice day um where I just focused on that because I am also used to like flitting about quite a lot. Like I'll work on one project and I'll flip to another one. Um, and I move about the house, then I'll go to my studio, then I'll come back. Like I'm, I'm kind of forever like moving around carrying bags of samples and bits and pieces. And so, you know, when it comes to the breadth of what you do, do you feel like this is a necessity for you in terms of like making a living and kind of, uh, you know, keeping yourself afloat, um, or is it really something that you feel like you need to do um, because you need to have these different types of outlets? Like, because you're doing, at this point, you're doing, uh, you know, fashion, tabletop interiors, uh, hospitality even, uh, books. Uh, I know I'm forgetting something. Art, fine art. <laughs> so, like, uh, illustration and a weekly column. So, you know, if a doctor came to you and said, like, Luke, like, you know, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you can only now for the rest of your life draw and you're you can't do anything else. Um, would you kind of stop because you couldn't, you know, where is the satisfaction coming from? Is it kind of just like part of your career and that the way that you need to keep the art afloat through this kind of vibrant business? Or is it um, 
is it really like part of like you you need to express yourself in different types of ways always and in that kind of rotating way yeah it's an interesting question i mean i think to be honest it's it's um i just love it i've always loved that kind of mix going back to you know again like when i was making that magazine it was this kind of crazy collection of ideas not focused on one thing but you know it was it was a real mixture of of my interests in this little book um that i made and i think i always knew that i wanted to work on lots of projects i mean when I was setting my own thing up and my dream was to be able to, to dip in and dip out. And I'd done a bit of it, you know, I, I'd worked with interiors, um, with Ben, obviously I had my background in, in, in fashion. Um, and I, I loved drawing and painting and my, my, I remember setting up and thinking, you know, my, my, my goal is to be able to work on lots of different kinds of projects. And, you know, it's kind of, there have been times when I thought, what am I doing? I need to be focusing on one thing and this is crazy. And what am I doing? Um, but I, I always look back to the people that I admire, like like Cecil Beaton and the Bloomsbury Group and that whole thing of like, you know, having an eye and, and, and kind of um, uh, focusing on lots of different things. And 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 that that's always been really inspiring to me and made me think, no, you know, this is and to be honest, it's, it's, it's just a natural thing for me. It's what I love. It's what I enjoy. You know, I, I get as much satisfaction from designing some, you know, a, a jumper as I do from working on a painting. And, you know, I mean, I mean, there are times when I think like, oh, okay, you know, like I've got this exhibition coming up and I'll think, right, I just need to focus on this. And God, I wish I didn't have this other stuff to think about. But then if I, if I, if I had a day like yesterday where I was just painting, which I loved, but I know that if I did that for a week, by the end, I'd, I'd sort of be thinking, right, I need, I need to get back to my, my other kind of work as well. Because for me, it's like, I just get so much satisfaction and joy from, from the, from the mix and having different kinds of outputs. Um, I love, I love the painting and drawing and it's my, you know, that is my key. That's my kind of heart, the heart of all of my work. But I also love, I mean, I've, I've started work on this, on this fashion brand, Chateau Orlando, which is my own kind of, um, my own brand. Um, and I, I just love it. Like I, I love designing pieces, um, to sell. I love working on the, on the, on the, on the photo shoots. I love thinking about the art direction. I love working on the graphic design. Um, and then I love going and sitting and writing in my column. Like it's just, it's just really fun. And, you know, yes, maybe sometimes, um, I don't know, it, you know, it, it, there is a lot, there's a lot going on, but, but I, I just enjoy it. And I'm, I'm a yes person, you know, I like when, when, when an exciting project comes up, I usually say yes, because, you know, we've only got one life. Like I, 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 I enjoy it. And if it's, if it's something that I think sounds fun, then I'll have a go, you know? And speaking of fun, uh, your first hotel uh, in Paris, which I think opened, that was opened sort of like recently. Yeah, I it mean, kind of opened. Was, I mean, it's had a bit well, of the a past couple of years. Yeah, it had a bit of a tough start just in the sense that it was obviously because of the pandemic. It kind of opened in the pandemic and it closed a bit and then it opened yeah. again and then it sort of closed a bit. And um, but it's open. It's open now. And we just worked on, an, on another floor. Um, and yeah, that's all. That's all happening. Tell me about it. Well, that was great. I mean, you know, I, I, um, I don't really. What's I mean, it called? It's called Le Duga, because it's um, it's in between uh, uh, the two stations, uh, um, Gardenau and Gardelest. Yeah, it's 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 you know, I mean, it, with my interior, the interior side of my business, I actually don't do that much interior design. But um, my sort of like goal at the moment is to kind of work on one or two projects a year, kind of hotels, restaurants. I love traveling. I love eating. Um, and so that for me is like, that for me is the kind of, um, the kind of interiors work that I find really satisfying. And, um, and the group tourist that run 
this little group of hotels came to me and said, look, do you want to work on this project? And um, I also sort of worked on the art direction. So, you know, chose the name and worked on the branding and um, and obviously all of the interiors as well. And so, I mean, that was just a dream kind of first big interiors project because I love hotels. And I think to be able to have creative control of all of the elements was 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 really exciting. I mean, it was a shoestring budget. It was a really small budget. And we kind of had to be creative with what we did. Um, but it was great. I loved it. As a first project, it was a really, a really fun one. And like, what were you, I mean, sort of an extension of your own sort of aesthetic at home, right? Like, how would you kind of describe that sort of Luke Edward Hall uh, interior? Because it's kind of, uh, it's very colorful, but it's not bombastic in a way. Um, you know, that some people, when they do color, like it goes in a certain direction it's very it's very recognizable and it feels a little nostalgic maybe somehow but also totally new like do you have a way of describing it to potential clients when you you know it's it's, it's hard isn't it to kind of put your but to put your sort of um to kind of describe your um style but i think you know i love color obviously is, is key and it's really an eclectic approach i mean with the hotel it was very much thinking about you know i think i think interiors always have to respond to where they are like their environment and for me, it was obviously really important to think about Paris. Um, and so I used a lot of antiques on the ground floor from from France. I sourced in France. And there are lots of um, sort of vintage kind of Parisian kind of um, uh, exhibition posters and, and, um, and club posters and things like that on the wall. But mixing it with this kind of English approach to like whenever I think about English design, I always think about the eclectic approach and color and the kind of braveness with with mixing things um you know per, I, I as opposed to maybe a kind of more kind of chic french look um so i don't know you know that's it was kind of mixing those two ideas like the kind of english englishman's take on on classical french design a bit of madeleine castin a bit of david hicks um bit of dorothy draper as well who i you know i love i'm a huge fan of dorothy draper and you know uh, chateau orlando your your fashion brand that started a few years ago tell me how that came about and like because it is like you're 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 kind of designing for yourself because i've seen you in your own stuff and like it does seem like you know you are the the person that you're designing for tell me about you know how that came about yeah so chateau orlando actually it launched um it only launched in february so it's super new um and we've only done we did one collection a small one and then a little tiny summer summer collection as well and it came about um essentially it's it's my own my own company um my own company but in collaboration with a company based in milan that i'd worked on in the past i i did a collection for uh for the sunuse in positano um and uh with swim shorts and and a, a couple of shirts and for, for carla's emporio sunuse um shop and um this company in milan helped with the kind of production of that and so they basically are a company that does a lot of the kind of um, boring work, basically, the production, distribution, marketing for, for small, medium fashion, homeware brands. Um, and then they also do a lot of kind of like social um, and digital marketing and things um, for, for bigger brands. Um, and they, yeah, I, so I knew them through Sunuse and they basically got in touch and said, look, we, we, we want to start a brand. And we need we need the creative part, and it was just it was just kind of too good an opportunity to turn down because I've I've done a lot of collaborations, and I love and I will continue to do collaborations. Um, but it was also really exciting the idea of 
having my own my own thing and i i wouldn't really have started my own thing by myself because it's complicated you know to start a new brand to 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 do the to do the manufacturing you know it's it's hard work and i already i already have a lot going on so the idea of doing that by myself was just not going to it just wasn't going to happen but with this company i mean they 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 helped me to to make it work and 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 they do all the things that i can't do um and so it just seemed like well you know why not let's see let's let's try it out and and see how and see how we go and and i've been able to sort of create create it exactly how i want you know coming up the storytelling coming up the collections i'm doing all of the kind of um creative work really designing the collections um working on the art direction working on the shoots um and yeah but it's super early days we did, we did a small collection in february of knitwear and um our next collection coming out in september is is more knitwear but with a um little bit of home stuff and then from from next year it kind of gets bigger with with uh the clothing but also with you know cushions and blankets and trays and and lots of exciting stuff um but there's no grand plan which is nice as well we're gonna we're sort of testing the water a bit seeing what works um and yeah it's it's um i'm really really loving it because also you know i I am a bit of a control freak i think and and i think at the end of the day what's really great is um it's all down to me every 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 sort of creative detail which um you know with a collaboration with a collaboration can never happen um which is fine because it's a collaboration um and and generally like i've been really lucky because well pretty i not just generally i have consistently pretty much been really lucky because all of the brands i work with have been so um amazing and, and it's always felt like a really wonderful way of working but there is also something nice with chateau lando about just being um being the boss i guess and there's this great uh I think it's a t-shirt, but it may be also something else uh, in the current collection for uh, Chateau Orlando that says it's inspired by a Mediterranean holiday from 1984. And there's like a a, a restaurant name. Can you tell me like, it's like uh, like a la plage or something like that? Is yeah. that based on a real holiday? Well, we did this. We, we wanted to do a little summer, a summer drop, like a really small. It's just a couple of t-shirts, a couple of beach bags and a towel. And... You know, when I was thinking about it, I was listening. I mean, I love a lot of my, I love music. It's a big inspiration for me. And um, I was, I've been having a real kind of Italian disco moment. You know, I mean, I love it. Italian disco is, is like a lot. Of, you know, I listen to a lot when I go on holiday anyway. For me, it's like ultra, ultra sort of perfect summer soundtrack. Um, But I was listening to this song. I guess it's not really Italian disco, but there's a song Weekend at Rome by Etienne Daho. Do you know that kind of 80s? Um, Which is like a French song about going for a weekend in Rome. And I love this idea of, of a kind of like cross, like Italian, French. So, so we call it Weekend à la Plage and it's, you know, French, but, um, but it's also, but it's basically Italian inspired too. And I was, I was just kind of imagining this sort of beach bar, um, in Italy in 1984 and the kind of people that would go there and the kind of graphics of the, um, of the, of the signs. And, you know, what's so amazing about when you go to Italy is like, you still get these places that are just like, look so amazing. The, the typography is great. The colors are amazing. Um, and, you know, they just, they just haven't changed and they're so perfect. And that was kind of the starting point for this really small collection. So we kind of came up with the imaginary kind of, um, you know, what Chateau Orlando would look, would look, would look like as a little kind of um, 80s, 80s gelateria or beach bar. Um, so that was the inspiration for the graphics. Um, and then we shot it at a at a at an amazing. Um, my business partners took me to this trattoria in Milan, and they were like, "I think you're going to like it because it was just like pink and yellow tablecloth, super simple, like 
yellow walls, really, really straightforward, but so amazing and beautiful and paper table gloss. I just loved it. And luckily they, they let us shoot the little collection there. Um, so yeah, you know, and I love that whole side of it as well, coming up with the kind of stories behind the collections and, and, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a real key part for me is, is, is kind of, um, giving everything a bit of a backstory and, and, you know, thinking things through properly and kind of, um, you know, I love that whole process of storyboarding. Before we return to Luke Edward Hall, a word from our sponsor, Fort Street Studio. Fort Street Studio's sumptuous carpets are expertly hand-knotted and executed in nuanced color combinations that are the signature of the studio's painterly designs, which originate from watercolor art. One of the studio's hallmarks are special commissions in non-repeating and asymmetrical carpet designs. Fort Street Studio's creative directors take their cues from the worlds of fashion, jewelry, and contemporary art for inspiration, but everything can be customized to fit the demands of a special interior. The brand has a special access to the very best dye masters in the artisanal rug industry and can easily match or coordinate the fabrics, paints, and finishes in a room. Harmonious palettes of color can even contain unexpected tones that create a sparkle or shadow effect. To create your own bespoke masterpiece carpet, visit FordStreetStudio.com. You're now coming out with your second collection with uh, Janori, which is quite exciting. And, you know, working with a storied brand like that, that has such combination of high fashion and also like deep tradition. What did you set out for this collection? Tell me a little bit about what people can expect. Well, the new collection with Janori is actually, it's not, it's um, not tabletop, well, it, a little bit, but it's, um, it's a home fragrance collection. I actually started working on it years ago, like years and years and years ago, five, six, seven years ago, working with a company in London on, on this, on the idea. And the, and the fragrances themselves. And then it kind of was put on hold and the pandemic and whatever. And then Janori said, look, let's let's help you with this and, and pick it back up. I carried on working with the company in London on the fragrances and Janori helped me with the ceramics, porcelain. So it's a collection of five fragrances in, um, in porcelain vessels that I've done the sort of, you know, designs for. Um, but it ha- is, is kind of, it kind of grows. There, there are various sizes of the, of the candle, there are special one-off pieces for each fragrance, so um, they're all based on places. Um, you know, we did this really fun thing where I went to the archive, and you know, we found a statue, and we took the head from the statue and flipped it on its side, and it has a candle in it. Um, so we've made these like special one-off pieces as well. Um, we're well, not one-off, but limited runs of these like kind of cool things inspired by the archive we did a cameo kind of porcelain cameo incense holder but i love it i'm really excited about it it's called perfumi lucino it's a collection inspired by you know those amazing kind of um apothecaries that you can still find in florence and rome and each actual fragrance is inspired by one of my favorite places so there's a there's there's here where i live in the cotswolds there's venice um rajasthan big sur and um marrakesh um, and some of those places like Venice and, and obviously where I live, I've been to a lot. Uh, Rajasthan, I've only been to once, but I had a real kind of emotional um, reaction to it. And um, yeah, they're sort of, they're, they're based on like imaginary buildings in real places. So um, the the one for Venice is called Palazzo Centauro, and it's inspired by this, this, this the fragrance is inspired by this imaginary palazzo and the idea of who would live there. Um, but but within Venice, my favorite city, um, and and the fragrances themselves, it was really fun working on those because they they are kind of a bit unusual. I hope the Venetian one is the smell of 
you know, I like the idea of like walking through Venice at nighttime and having the smell of the canals, but mixed with the smell of like incense coming through a church door. Um, and, you know, as me, as someone who loves stories, um, coming up with the kind of backstories and thinking and that journey of making the fragrances was really fun. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's happening now. And, and, uh, are you, are you a candle person? Are you like a, a home scent person? Like, are you always burning a candle at home and, or doing anything like that? Um, I, 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 I am. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, um, you know, fragrance has the power to sort of transport us. Um, you know, it's this, this, you know, smell is a very transportive, um, sense. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it, it can take us back obviously to, 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 to to memories and it can transport us to other places and with this collection that was the idea as well of kind of traveling but without leaving home um but yeah i love having candles burning i'm not particularly like fussed about like i'm not like obsessed with one brand or anything i mean i think that i think that um you know i'm not a snob about it i think you can there are some you can get really like i'm i only burn this candle and i have to have 50 of them burning it uh, I'm not like that at all, but I love candlelight as well. I mean, there's nothing more kind of romantic, is there? And uh, speaking of uh, romantic and your first collection for Janori with with uh, tabletop and things like that, um, if you and Duncan had to sort of invite people over for uh, a Sunday lunch, you know, for friends out there in the country in the Cotswolds, like what would you set the scene for me? What you what would you set for your for your kind of good friends? Maybe six of them coming over for a Sunday lunch or a Sunday roast. What does you know? Was that what does that setting and table look like to you? The vibe. Well, we love having people here because we are both very greedy and we love to cook. Um, but we also love we also love like getting the house ready for having people here. So it's basically our favorite thing. Um, so if we have people coming over on a Sunday, we might spend Saturday going to local markets um and farm shops and, and you know buying ingredients um and planning a little menu and then we will you know we'll gather flowers we'll we'll get flowers from the garden and we love um you know we we've loved we've loved got we 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 didn't have a garden in london we had a tiny balcony so we've we've really got into gardening and growing things um so that's really fun and then and then with the table itself um you know i i try and use bits from my own collection with Janori. um but i i love the kind of laid back approach in a way with the with table you know the ta- like i love tables tablescaping you know but it but i i think the focus has to be on the food and about the guests in a way i think that i think that you you, you want to have room on the table to kind of interact like i don't like it when there's so much stuff on the table that you can you can barely move but we love we love just mixing all of our favorite bits i mean we love collecting bits of old china and glassware um so we 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 love taking things out of our cupboard and 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 playing with those and mixing things um and then we have you know uh a nice collection of napkins and and tablecloths um often kind of we love kind of block printed ones um and and yeah so we, you know we we definitely have fun kind of arranging and 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 pulling out bits from our cupboards and and just having fun with it really but but um i don't worry too much about things matching or there being a particular color story. I mean, you know, I think you want you want it to feel kind of effortless as well. I think with the table, like I, if something's too considered, it kind of ruins the atmosphere for me. Um, so yeah, we just we you know we just we spend a day kind of prepping the house really and 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 cooking and 
and um yeah and then, are you yeah, still are, are you still uh like sort of shopping for vintage and are you still kind of integrating that stuff into your everyday life or yeah um yeah i'm obsessed with but i mean i i need to stop really because i um i got really into um there's a you know the sale room do you have that in sale room uh, website no what is it it's a website you know when everything was kind of closed in the pandemic the sale room is a website that amalgamates all the auctions going on around the country oh okay we have, uh, have the same thing. we have similar apps here yeah so you can you which can, i'm totally addicted to that's yeah, crazy so you can search for sort of you know you can search for i don't know 18th century um delft tile and um and it'll show you all the ones that are coming up for auction and um i got really into that over lockdown and i still i'm just trying to wean myself off because i when i when i can't sleep at night i'll just end up searching for something random like an 18th century dovetail and and leave absentee bids forget about it and then and then lo and behold i've i've um i've won some random thing um but i love it you know i love i mean i love collecting stuff and i i get you know i get joy from it and um you know what what do you collect that duncan may tell you to stop collecting because you have too much of it well, I mean, it's funny the other day. I mean, we, we have like a similar taste, but also, you know, obviously we have our own passions as well. So there are things that I'm really into that he's, you know, the other day I was away and I forgot that I was having a delivery coming and he called me and he was like, yeah, I think this is for you. There's a There was a giant oversized plastic capital from a column. There was a pair of like red silk pelmets, Victorian pelmets. And it's a pelmet. You know, there's like, like the top of a curtain. Like the, the oh okay in. yeah um and then um what was the other thing a piece of like 18th century like painted scenery from a theater okay. um it all sounds very luke edward Hall yeah he was me. like yeah i think that's i think that's for you there was there was no name on the box <laughs> um so you know i mean i love i love kind of theatrical stuff like i love anything to do with like props scenery um uh and so there's a lot of that kind of there's a lot of that kind of stuff lying around the house but luckily i have the studio now so anything i can hide stuff there and he he doesn't have to know about it um because we've got quite a small quite a small cottage but yeah that's particularly you know anything kind of unique and unusual and kind of um uh you know um i love things made from odd materials and trompe l'oeil and like you know things made from plaster and and um and that but i've got a real i mean it kind of changes a lot as well you know one week i might be looking at one particular thing and then i'll get obsessed with something else so uh on top of all of this as you as we've as we've uh mentioned you have a column for the ft kind of like how to and advice and things like that um like how to set a table you did one on decorating a mantle um so if i had to ask you how do you flourish as a as a creative person you know what advice would you give that's a hard one isn't it i mean i think you know it's a bit similar to that kind of yeah idea of you know what what i would have said what one would say to oneself when they were younger or but i think i i think the best thing is to sort of experiment and like not being afraid of making mistakes and putting work out there and you know, sometimes when I've had younger people and I've had chats with people and they've sort of said, look, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, um, to, to start. Like, I think you just have to kind of begin. You, I, I think the hardest thing is actually like making that start of, of making work. Like, I think you have to actually get start just putting work out there. Like it's, it's, it starts with the work, I think, and, and not being afraid of, 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 pushing things out into the world and seeing what happens and seeing what people respond to and then experimenting and having a go at other stuff. I mean, a lot of the work that I made when I was, 
I don't know, in my early 20s, I like shiver at now. I can't look at. But I'm also like, you know what? I was I was experimenting and I was trying things out and I was I was seeing what people responded to and I was learning and, and getting advice from other people. But also like at the same time, I think it's really key to have your to have a vision and to have a to have not even a vision, you know, because when you're young you don't even know what your vision is, perhaps, but you need to be assertive and, and know that what you're doing is right. And you need to take advice from other people, but also you need to stay true to who you are and to kind of um, keep that in mind always, you know, keep your blinkers on and um, like a horse um, and, and, and keep focused. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's what I would say. Um, but it's, it's about the work really. I mean, also, you know, one, you know, you end up in lucky situations where you meet this person or you meet that person and, and the right thing comes along. But I think, I think really aside from that, it's, it's, it's about getting the work out there and, 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 you know, not being afraid of, of doing that. If I were to ask you a kind of a, a pulled back question for a moment, um, if I said, what makes Luke Edward Hall happy? How would you answer? What makes me happy? Um, I mean, I've got to say, it's so um it's so ill, you know it's very cliche but i i love i love my husband and my dog and my little house and my garden and that those are the things that make me really happy and i'm very lucky and my great friends and you know i i those are the things that make me really happy but work does make me really happy too i mean you know i wake up every day and, and draw pictures basically and and as someone who is you know achieved a lot of success you know i would i wouldn't say quickly but obviously you know doing so well and being so vis visible in our world of sort of like art and design and creativity and everything and it seems like there's nothing that you can you kind of can't do kind of thing uh is there one thing that you think you would want people to really understand about who you are uh that maybe they have their own preconceptions or you know, what would you kind of want someone listening to this to kind of take away and, and feel like they really understood about who you are as a person that doesn't always come across and say a press release or mm. a pretty photograph? Oh, gosh, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, I think I think, you know, what I what I what I'm always trying to do with my work is to kind of bring about a sense of joy, really. And I think that you know, often, like, I think when you just, when you, when, when I say that, or when you, when you say, you know, it's about bringing about happiness, it kind of makes it sound a bit light and a bit kind of, um, like it's not so groundbreaking, but actually I think that we all need more light in our lives and, and, and I'm an optimist and I, I think a lot of my work is about optimism and, um, and, you know, and that's, you know, my sense of color is, is really linked to that, you know, I mean, color for me, you know, has, has the power to sort of change my emotions and, and and lift me up and so yeah you know that's 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 really key it's a bit you know like the idea of what do you want to be remembered by i mean it's it's, it's a hard it's a hard one because also you know one also just kind of creates one's work and you know i i i, I often like try and think about i i want to think about what i'm doing of course but also i think you have to kind of create and and not almost worry too much about I think I think what I what I want to do is, is bring fun, bring a bit of fun into the into that kind of world of design, and I think that is that has been missing a lot in in, in a way. Um, I mean, I think we've definitely entered a bit of a new age with people really this kind of really interest in in color and pattern and print. Like we've definitely seen that over the last few years, and it's it's great, you know. Um, and I I hope to be a small part of that in a way. Like I think that 
that design for so long has not been particularly fun. I, I would say fun and optimism and joy, but I, I don't want to play it down as well. Like I, I think that, yes, you, you, things can be elegant and fun and playful and without, but also serious as well. You know, it's not, I'm, I'm, it is serious at the same time, if that makes sense. Serious fun. Yeah, serious fun. That's a nice, that's a nice um, catchphrase. A special thanks to Luke Edward Hall, Marlene Carla Otto, and Janori1735 for making this episode happen. The editor of The Grand Tourist is Stan Hall. To keep this going, please follow me on Instagram at Dan Rubenstein to learn more. And sign up with your email for updates at thegrandtourist.net. And don't forget to follow The Grand Tourist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And leave us a rating or comment. Every little bit helps. Till next year. Mm-hmm.